Brian King. You're watching On the Road with Dr. Brian King. I say, I say, you're on the road with Dr. Brian King. Hey, I'm Trivi Trollope, and you're on the road with Dr. Brian King. Hi, this is Nikki Tina, and you're watching On the Road with Dr. Brian. Folks, this is Dr. Brian King. Once again, I'm on the road. This time, uh, I'm in Toronto, uh, Toronto, Canada. I'm here with Sarah. Sarah. We're doing part of our cross-country Canadian tour. That's right. Although we, we, we may, you know, post these podcasts out of frequent, out of sequence. So who knows? Who knows where we are in, in your minds, listeners? But we're in Canada. We're in Toronto, Canada, having a great time. Uh, and uh, I met into, I ran into a uh, an old acquaintance uh, from comedy uh, here in Toronto. There's a, a lot of good comedy in Toronto. It's a nice scene. A lot of everything. But uh, the, the person we're talking to today is, uh, is our guest, is uh, somebody that I originally met back in San Francisco, like maybe five or six years ago. At the, it seems like a long time ago when I used to run shows there. Uh, a comedian from San Francisco who has since moved on to India, uh, lives in India, and uh, is uh, not just a comedian. I mean, we're talking a, a social activist, uh, somatic therapist, business. She has other things that she wanted me to mention. Folks, this uh, is Primlani. <laughs> Hi. Sorry, I, Hello. Hi. I, I was, I was, there was a stupid introduction. Did we leave anything out? Yes. She's a great intellectualist. Introduce said. yourself, Vasu. Let's do yeah. that. No, that? just to do a bunch of things. Um, I'm a son of comedian, a corporate trainer, um, somatic therapist, environmentalist, and business school professor. All right. Yeah. So, so I covered most of it. So yeah. I said, I said yeah. business something. Yeah, I think I just something. forgot to put out business, uh, professor. An incredibly <laughs> interesting person, which is why we're yes. interviewing her today. Yes. I think that's the most important thing, actually. Uh, a very interesting individual. So you're here. Uh, for, well, let's, let's first of all talk about this gig you're doing, since it's relevant. You're here for, uh, for what reason in Toronto? I'm hosting the Festival of South Asia. It's the biggest festival uh, of South Asians in the in North America. It's you know it's about 250,000 people, which is a big deal for North America. In India, that would amount to probably the average Punjabi wedding. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as we were entering, I have certainly never been to a city that had a little India, much less right, a right, little right. festival. And this is amazing. Mm. The smell, the sounds, the yeah. sights, the people. I mean, I, I've been to I've been to Fremont, California, but that's different. Uh, you know, no, it's a it, yeah, little India, uh, a nice little enclave here. In, in, in Toronto, giant festival. As you, uh, a whole bunch of people out there dancing. The food smells good. We're gonna eat later. There's some great music and dancing. You're hosting. Yes. Uh, yeah. How's that going for you? Oh, that's uh, interesting. Uh, you know, I started off doing some comedy, which I've been performing in India for the longest time. It's bilingual. And la you know, yesterday I was attacked by one guy who said you're insulting India. And today I was insulted by a woman who was darn near close to assaulting me again you're insulting india and turns out guess what she's that guy's wife that's a, that's a husband and wife team taking turns attacking well, on me and not in a good what way what was the joke what was the joke that got that got him all upset you know i'm talking about see i'm like i said i'm, I'm like you said i'm a social activist i talk about social messaging and i think the job of a comedian is to hold up a mirror to society so i talk about things like environment i talk about women's safety i talk about race 
rape. I talk about diversity and LGBT. Uh, I did not talk about the gay stuff, but I did talk about how Indians drive mm-hmm. <laughs> in India. Which and they, is, they wanted to say, no, we don't drive bad, and we're going to prove no, it to you. No, and the pollution, <laughs> you're making yeah. us look bad, yeah. talking about the environment. You know, this is Canada. Say bad things about Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we like to say, especially Brian being the, the comedian, I am not, um, that it's impossible almost to tell a joke without insulting somebody always. It's, it's always taking the risk. This is true. You know, I haven't experienced that. In, in India, I make fun of India's the follower laughing. I make fun of Delhi men, Delhi men follower laughing. They say, I have had elderly Muslim men come up yeah. to me and say, I admit, I am a grandfather, I have a child of my own, my daughter has a daughter of her own, and I admit to date, I look at women the way you say Delhi men look at women. Uh-huh. And from tomorrow, he says, by Allah, I will not do so anymore. Wow, see, so you're not only making people laugh, you're changing lives. Right, exactly, but here... And you come to Toronto and they want to beat you up. I have not <laughs> offended people before, this is new to me. Wow. You know, I bridge, I bridge, I build bridges, you well, know. Now you're officially a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> My virginity. Well, any good art uh, comes with some controversy. Right. Really? Yes. Gosh. So this is a this is quite a this is kind of a big deal though hosting this festival, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, they got me all over, you know, from from all the way from India and yeah. And they've been a bunch of media, you know, they've done episodes on me for Asian Television Network, which is the biggest television network mm-hmm. in Canada. So, they, you know, they, they're good. I mean, the festival director is a friend of mine, and he's really, you know, put himself out there not just to do the performing arts, but to do the literary arts. He's got publishers and writers to talk about the political milieu in South mm-hmm. Asia as well. Oh, very cool, very cool. Well, it's cool to, it's cool to you here. It's cool to be, uh, we're able to run into you. Uh, I, uh, I I especially find it fortunate uh, to be able to run into you once again because uh, for a while there it looked like uh, that was never going to happen. Uh, right. Like that was a like you had this. Uh, well, let me just say like you know uh, I, I, we haven't I haven't really talked to you over this period of life because you were in India and I was wherever I was and you know we you know went our separate ways as people and comedians. But um, according to your Facebook, you got into some trouble. And uh, and it was uh, and and it was a weird thing. It was hard to keep tabs on what was going on with you. And so I just like to, to to figure you know talk a little bit about you know what you had to go through uh, while you were out there to get to this point. Right, boy. This is going to really piss off those guys who are pissed off today. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this I hope they more listen. About, more about India. So I was um, I was in prison in India. Um, there was a lookout circular issued against me in all international airports in India that if I am to be seen at the border of India to be arrested immediately and put behind bars. Wow. So I was caught at Delhi International Airport. I, the cops flew up from Bangalore uh, mm. and flew me down and put me in the Bangalore Central Prison with five women who had committed murder. So you're in a cell with five murderers. Yes. Wow. And for what reason did they give you? For what reason? So I, I ran an environmental nonprofit in San Francisco. I started in 1998, uh, and for my work, I got over a dozen international awards, including the highest State of California Environmental and Economic Achievement Award, the highest US EPA Environmental Achievement Award. I'm an Ashoka Fellow. I was a judge, one of the 50 most powerful environmentalists in the United States. Um, so I work with restaurants, mm-hmm. and I restaurants in the US particularly. And only, only, <laughs> exclusively. And I named this organization after an untouchable woman in rural India 
Can we, uh, some of my listeners might not know what right. I mean by So untouchable. there's a caste system traditionally in India. There were four castes. The top, top of the line was the Brahmins. Uh, then there was the Kshatriyas, or the warriors. And then there was the Vaishyas, who were the merchants. And then the Shudras, or the untouchables. They did million tasks in society, you know, cleaning out bathrooms and stuff. That was the caste system. Mm-hmm. This woman is born under that caste system. So they're like system. the lowest class Yes, the lowest class. Yeah. And she decided... She, she got married, she wasn't able to have children, and she decided, because she wasn't able to have children, that she will adopt, which is a, in itself is an act of courage in Indian society, and she adopted 284 banyan trees as her children. And I found this story very inspiring, so I named my organization after her to honor her. Mm-hmm. I met her in 2003, uh, and I have photographs of feeding her, of give, giving her a sari as a gift. Mm-hmm. And I told her I named an organization after her, and she said she was honored that I named an organization after her, and that she considered me a daughter. So I ran this organization for 13 years in the United States. When I come back to India, this woman, allegedly at the age of 94, mm-hmm. I think, uh, is now alleging that I stole her name mm-hmm. and made millions of dollars in the United States by running a nonprofit. Wow. So the charges against me were criminal fraud, criminal forgery, copyright violation, property theft, and IT theft. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, none of that's true, right? None of that's yeah. true. So we filed, I went through Helen back through this entire ordeal. And at the end of it, we we had filed to quash this case, which is also very rare in the Mm -hmm. Indian legal system for a case to be quashed. Um, The judge decreed three things at the end of her judgment. One, she is a U.S. citizen. You cannot touch her. Mm -hmm. So you're untouchable. I'm untouchable. (laughs) I am untouchable. Irony. All right? Yes, the irony of it. A. B. That if everything that I was accused of was true, it wouldn't amount to a crime in any country across the world. Mm -hmm. And C, this is clearly an extortion case. So, and uh, this woman, uh, now do you think she she was intending to try to extort from you or was it just... At that age, I doubt it. I think there's somebody else behind it who roped her in and there's political power behind it Mm -hmm. because there was an IAS officer who stood to defend me and he was told very quickly to shut up by his senior. So there's political will behind it, there's money behind it and they figured I'm American, therefore Bill Gates' daughter, so let's... Right. So yeah. let's say though you you were you were accused of fraud, right? And ident- you know, and, and all these other uh, you know sort of white collar crimes, and then they throw you into a prison cell with murderers. I mean, let's. That's also illegal. Yeah. Let's imagine it just in this in the it, you know in the, hypothetically speaking, you were guilty of this crime. Uh, you're you still do not be need to be in a jail cell with five murderers. Now here's the sad thing about India. India's legal system is so broken. All right, let me tell you this. I did some research after this. The prison population in India, about 60 to 80% of every prison in India is filled with under trials. People who are undergoing trial frequently for a term longer than if they had been convicted of a crime. So they're in jail waiting to go to trial. So they're punished longer. before. Where is the innocent yeah. until proven guilty? This is guilty until proven innocent. Right. It's not even guilty until proven innocent. It's, it's, it's time served before you're told you're guilty. You know? yeah. Wow. 
it's on so many levels it's just so broken how long were you in so I was uh, in police custody for about three days, uh, 24-7. There were five constables who watched me at all times. Mm-hmm. And then I was put into prison for about four days. Mm-hmm. And of those, 12 hours a day, I would be locked into a cell. I could not go outside that cell. Uh, and there, were, there was a toilet in the back, mm-hmm. a little bath area in the back, which is approximately three feet by four feet. So... So, like, not a lot of privacy with the five murderers. No. Yeah. No. And uh, no. while you were they, while you were in prison, who was running your? Because I remember your Facebook so was active. You know, some uh, somebody was. Yeah, some posting. of my friends in India were posting on my behalf. Yeah. And they went through hell. My parents have been through hell. I mean, can you imagine one of the most? If your daughter is among the most awarded Indians across the world, among the most ethical, it's like putting Gandhi in jail. Right, right. Can you imagine what the parents go through? My father's right. 95 years old. Right. And he was in the Second World War. So, so how'd you, uh, what, what ultimately happened then? So we quashed the, that. We quashed the case after two years, but I was captive for two years because they took away my U.S. passport. So you, so after prison time, you were still, re, you were, you were required to leave. stay in, in India. Yeah, yeah, until you know, sign a die, until indefinitely. It's you, you cannot depend on the legal system in India. There are, I think, 20 million pending cases hmm. in the legal system in India. Yeah, your hecklers are going to hate this podcast. <laughs> 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 how dare you talk yeah. so badly He's about India? insulted my motherland. Vasu, how did you cope during that time, both being in prison and two years in India in a country that's your heritage? And that I didn't cope. Um, I, I went into severe depression, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. I would keep falling sick. I couldn't, I mean, I would lie in, my, lie in my bed for 24 hours. I would look at the ceiling from morning through night. I couldn't sit up. I'd keep falling sick one thing after the other. I kept coughing. See, I, I had been, even now, see that my response, I start coughing, my body starts coughing when mm-hmm. I even talk <clears throat> talk about this. It's terrible, yeah. So in, in uh, when, when, I, when I came out of prison, lots of things happened. I lost trust in humanity. I stopped talking to people. I was reclusive before. I've become severely so now, and I'm seeing that this trend is not stopping. I'm becoming more reclusive even so. Uh, before I went to prison, I had been training for eight months for my Ironman triathlon. Mm-hmm. All of that was washed away. I lost 10 kilos, which is, I think, if my math is correct, 22 pounds in seven days. Wow. wow. I wish I could do that. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, I know. it's attractive, but you it's, know, if you drastically drop, it's right. actually not good for you. No. Yeah, that that amount in in that shorter time is not good for you. So I I, I I stopped talking to people and I started screaming a lot. Yeah. Uh, if you spoke to me, I would just start screaming. It actually destroyed a relationship I was in, and she was so kind to me. This woman, I would scream and she'd say, "Please don't scream at me," mm-hmm. and then she'd say, "No, okay, go ahead and scream at me because I know you need to." Wow. But no one should have to take uh, that kind of vitriol, right? right so it right. broke that relationship. We still are very good friends. We honor each other. Yeah. But I PTSD is, is, is very difficult, not just for the person who suffers it, but the people around, around them. Yeah. People around. My parents couldn't. They had to cry on their own, in their own corners, because they couldn't show me how much they're crying because I have enough grief. And I couldn't cry in front of my parents. I mean, I would... 
start coughing for three hours nonstop. Mm-hmm. I would start crying for three hours. My parents would wake up in the night to hear their daughter crying, their grown daughter crying. Wow. And uh, what, how? So you got it resolved. Uh, what what was the aftermath? I mean, what's uh, are you, how's your Nothing. relationship with that woman? Uh, Nothing. Nothing. There is no aftermath. See, if I even file, in fact, the state of Karnataka told my lawyer, who is also so corrupt, unbelievably unethical and corrupt, they told her that if she tries to countersue, because it's illegal to do a fraudulent lawsuit mm-hmm. on somebody, that the state will stand to protect this woman, hmm. who is a local hero. Hmm. So it wasn't her in the first place. Okay, but who who made her? Wait, it was the banyan trees that kind of made her a local hero. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes. And you Planting honored, and caring for them. And then yeah. you aren't. That's so bizarre. I, I am mean, so sorry. I respected uh, her. I will never respect her again, and I will never make that mistake yeah. again of respecting somebody like that. Uh, do you remember the murderers? Yes, I do. <laughs> I just I feel yes, like if, I, I feel do. like if you're in prison for five days with, yes, with I women, do. they were actually some of the kindest women I've met. Yeah. And I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for them because I used to cry a lot, and they would wipe my tears, and I would just read a book and stuff. And these women, their nightly entertainment was they'd go Vasu, and I'd be like, yes, stand. Mm-hmm. There are very few of them who could speak English. And they'd be like, repeat after me. And they would say dirty words in their local language uh-huh. and make me repeat those words. And then they would <laughs> fall over laughing. They'd be tears rolling. I saw physical tears rolling down their cheeks. They, they found it a, so... They're so innocent. You had a captive audience. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I, I did that. I did a, I did a, uh, a show on board an actual flight in the United States. And I said that then. I was like, talk about a captive audience. If you don't like my jokes, you can always walk out. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. So, yes. That's awesome. Captive audience in more ways than yeah. one. So you're here in Toronto for how long? I'm just here until tomorrow, and I leave day after for San Francisco. And then you're going back to India. Right? I'm gonna hopefully I'm, I have four injuries on me, uh, but hopefully I'll repair enough to be able to do my first full Ironman uh, in Santa Rosa, off of Santa, Santa Rosa, and and then I will do a bunch of shows in California, and then I go back to India. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about going back to a country where all of this has happened, and why are you going back? Well, here's the thing. You know, you'd think, you know, after I was in prison, I was given the highest award by the president of India, mm-hmm. the Nari Shakti Award, mm-hmm. which is for women power. And y- y- anyone standing outside India would think, well, that's schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. You know, you put this woman in jail, and then you gave her, her your, the highest award of that country. Right, right. So what does that mean? That means that in every country, there is good and there's evil. And I live for the good. Mm-hmm. I live for people who believe in love and peace and compassion. And they make my world go around. And in India, we have those people. And if it wasn't for them, India would be destroyed today. Mm-hmm. So I have good people back home. And we support each other and hold each other up in every country that's true. I do dread going back to India because it's war. Every time you step out of the door, people bump, bumping into you, banging into you. When you're cycling, you know, pedestrians have no right. right of way. So all of that is very challenging for me because my entire adult life has been in the United States. And you guys have, like, you know, ruined me. <laughs> ruined me. You know, I go back to India and I find myself saying bloody Indians. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Indian, you know, and I just, she's <laughs> so like schizophrenic, right? Uh-huh. 
but, yeah, but it, it um, is good to be an American sometimes <laughs> uh, oh, for some things. Yeah, very rarely, but it is yeah. good. So yeah, I am dreading going back for that reason. But my father is there. My father's is this, 95 years old. So is this I can't the first time him. you've been out since? Yes, since this oh, is wow. the first time to Canada and the US. I've been to Thailand before, oh. and my girlfriend and I are standing at customs, and she was sweating. She was like, "Either we're going to be arrested, mm-hmm. or she's going to go through." Wow. Because the last time I was at customs, I was being arrested. Wow. So I, I gave my passport, and the customs agent swiped it, and his screen flashed green, his face turned white, and he went and got his senior official, is this mm-hmm. right? And the senior official nodded. They called security, arrested me right on the spot. Wow. They probably never you saw something like that before, I would imagine. No. And, um, but to be, you know, to be considered a criminal, I asked myself, did I do anything wrong? Did I do anything unethical? For me, unethical is greater than illegal. Mm-hmm. Okay? Did I do anything unethical? Did I do anything illegal? I'm like, no, I didn't. What? Why is all this? You don't know the level, you know, when you're being prosecuted by an entire state, you don't know what that's like, that they're hunting you. And my lawyer told me over and over again, you're not safe in your home. You have to mm. leave. You have to leave this country. You're not safe. And you don't know what a refugee goes through until you experientially are thrown out of your home when you're not safe in your own home. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a nice perspective. Because, you know, we, and again, you know, as Americans, we don't know. We don't know what it's like. But we hear on the news all the time about, you know, refugees and, you know, just the political prisoners and stuff, you know. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's I can imagine. It's rough. It's, it is. It's really hard. I'm still trying to yeah. cope. That's why I can't do comedy about it yet because it's not processed and so right. That was going to be my next question. Because uh, you know I have uh, uh, written this book about uh, how, uh, how we use laughter and our sense of humor to heal. Uh, but I guess you're not there yet. Uh, no, but I, one day I will do a prison special and the background music for that is going to be Jailhouse Raw. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So no jokes in the prison, uh, no jokes. Uh, there are no. some developing, but I'm not. I'm yeah, not I don't yeah. think I'm ready yet because I'll just start crying and then that's the yeah. end of the comedy show, you know. Right. Yeah. Some things. It's, you know, it's a, it, a humor helps us deal with pain, but there has to be some distance. You know, you, you can't. Uh, you can't always. Just Maybe I'll do a one-man show. You know, if it's not all comedy through, mm-hmm. but it's. Then I can, yes, then yeah. I can. Like storytelling, more yeah, long format? Yeah, one month, yeah. I could see yeah, that being really well. Good, actually, yeah. 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 I really do. do. Add your other, uh, you know, and then if you go, like, and you can end it with, you know, and I did my Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's what. I'm actually writing a graphic novel right now, and yes, the third volume is going to be about ending yeah, yeah, yeah. the Iron Man. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, what are you left with? You're left with hope. I can't live without hope. I can't live without a goal. I, and I cannot live without changing myself. and Not just changing, but transforming to reinventing yourself mm-hmm. to that which is better or stronger or faster or more enduring. That's that's what inspires me. I can't live without so what do you, what do you, what do you, what are you looking forward to next? What do you think you're, what do you, what do you think the uh, the future of your career where's your career gonna go? Well actually I am now looking at doing something else as well to add on to because I'd gone into a very low low. So now it's time for me to lift heavy. So now I'm going to create an alternative financial institution, mm-hmm. like an um, what's called uh, NBFC. It's a non-banking financial corporation. Mm-hmm. So I look at now creating that is the next step for me. 
So, so from environmental work to yeah. uh, financial world, yeah. business Finance. professor and everything. You're gonna your your introduction is just gonna take way too long. Uh, we had talked a little bit about, uh, you were thinking maybe uh, you might see yourself being politically active. Uh, oh, yeah. Future. People have been saying that recently in India. And even this, I did just did this interview with the founder of Asian Television uh, Network. And he said, have you considered a career in the politics because you, you know so much and you meet, you know, this guy who recommended that for me in India, he said, you should be a politician. I said, I don't know the first thing about politics. And I cannot deal with corruption. I cannot deal with unethical behavior. I cannot deal with manipulation. He said, you have two things that are required to be a politician. One, charisma, or the ability to draw people together. Mm -hmm. And two, uh, the desire to do good. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those will make you a great politician. And he's talking yeah. about the true politician, right, not right. the ninety-five percent of what yeah, we. Yeah, not not what we call a presidential candidate. Right. <laughs> yeah. right in the United States. <laughs> so maybe, but I, I would need to have an environment where I would not be stultified. You know, where it would be no. encouraged. I, I can't be butting my head again. You know, doing stupid mm -hmm. things. Right. If that's employed. Uh, I can see perhaps in Canada, maybe even in the U.S. and San Francisco, they used to say that. But maybe that's a, that's a possibility. I'm not closing that door. When you were uh, uh, when you had that when you received that was is like a like an award from yeah the, the presidential yeah. award yeah was that sort of a high profile event? I mean, was that something that India they know who you are in India? Um no, see India knows Bollywood better than presidential awards. Okay. Uh, it was high profile. It was in the presidential palace. It was shown on the largest television networks. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, it was very as high profile as the government can get. Like I got Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, he gave me that award. It's mm -hmm. like Barack Obama giving me an yeah. award. It's that at that level. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I'm not a household name. That is that's television and films. It could be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I I am now. I mean, of course, I'm qualified to be a politician now. Now that I've been to jail and been accused of various crimes, so, yeah, I'm pre-qualified. Yeah. yeah. It is. It is one of the qualifications that you survive jail. Yeah. You know. Nelson Mandela did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, I don't know how he uh, or Winnie did it. I do not know. I mean, you cannot come out sane after that. Yeah. John McCain and you know. But you know that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, if it was for your cause, I can understand that. But this is crazy. Mm -hmm. This is for the cause of money. Right, right. That I don't understand. I mean, if I went to jail for when they arrested, you know, it's illegal to be gay in India. I had no idea. There, there's a 377 law that the British left behind that's still there. Mm -hmm. You know, just rotting. And when they arrested me, I'm like, you're arresting me for the wrong crime. This is not the law I broke. <laughs> That's a good... I am so misunderstood. I love that. That's so funny. It's like, here, don't arrest me for this. Arrest me because I'm gay. <laughs> uh, I like women. What about... Um, are you interested in for the cause of helping all of those prisoners like yourself that were with mm -hmm. murderers and who are, um, you know, guilty, quote unquote, to now before they've even been tried? Is was that be a cause that you're? Absolutely, they are today my family. Mm -hmm. You know, these are people I stand by. And you know what they said to me? They said it is decent people like us that get caught in this web mm -hmm. of legality. The professionals. They come and go. 
sure. out of the they prison. Know how to work it. If you ask me, the greatest criminals of mm -hmm. the land are running the country. Mm -hmm. Right? You make India sound like such an appealing place to visit. Right. <laughs> Come visit. <laughs> Next summer vacation, bring your kids. I can see why uh, I, I can understand the hecklers now. <laughs> <laughs> But this is true, not just in India. This right. is actually true of the United States as well. Of I, I know people, and there's actually a prison movement, um, of people who have been in prison wrongfully, with mm. no evidence. Right? I'm just saying you do not have the right to one minute of a person's time without their you know, uh, prior consent. Mm. You cannot hold innocent people against their lives and ruin. There is nothing more precious in life than your time, than your moments, than your age. Nothing. No money asked them. And yes, this is a big thing. And I do want to overhaul that system. The entire system is broken. I'm an Ashoka fellow. I'm not interested in putting out fires, although it makes a difference to each one. I am difference in over, uh, I am interested in overhauling the entire system. What's broken? It's it's a gigantic task, and but that is something yet yeah, that's very close to my heart. It's unfortunate that you had to find out about it the, the way you did. You know? But there's a reason for that, I'm sure. There's a reason for that because I, I am a very strong person. Now I know firsthand that there are very few people who are more qualified than I to represent this movement. Mm -hmm. oh, cool. Now we'll see. Let's see. Maybe there's some interesting stuff developing, and yeah. maybe someday you'll be able to laugh about it. Yeah. Maybe someday. And in the meantime, you get to go to this wonderful Ironman and run very freely. Oh, I hope very freely. I just have these four injuries. If, and been, you know. if yeah. she could survive her audience. Yeah, my assaults. I have never been attacked before in a comedy show. I never have that been. I have done gay sets in India in front of conservative 60-year-old men. They have applauded over their heads. Oh, well, they were watching two women have sex. You know? <laughs> What's so hard about that? <laughs> no, but I have never... This is new for me. I mean, these people are... I was like, I get you're offended. You're offended by everything, you know? Why don't you go over there? There's a parked car you can be offended at. Do you, <laughs> you think know? that perhaps they're just battling their own issues? Um, yeah. Being between, quote-unquote, cultures? And yeah. Yeah. To their own identities. So some things happen when people emigrate out of a country, uh, they get frozen in time. Mm -hmm. These are the people who will still wear saris and bindis and wear their makeup and jewelry and to go to bed with them. India has moved on. Yeah. In India, girls wear jeans, they wear short skirts, they smoke and they drink. Hmm. They these guys are frozen in time. This is wrong. That's wrong. They're like, I'm offended with everything, and this is wrong. Right. Right. Uh, and yeah, that if, does happen. If you if you like it so much, why'd you come to Canada? You know, you're like yeah, I kind of. I'm like yeah, yeah, you're such a great yeah. patriot. Yeah. Why are you in Canada and I'm in India? Exactly. Let's swap. You know, you can exactly. go be yeah, go be yeah. patriotic in India. That's interesting. Walk up and down the streets with holding flags. <laughs> That's you know? interesting because so I've never I've never been to India, but I I, I just assumed that uh, India was like you know Indians in America. No, but we've talked about that before. Discussions yeah. about um, different countries where a lot of machismo exists or different things Patriarchal. exist and people have left and they the country's not that way anymore yeah and mm -hmm. it's interesting actually it's not the entire so in, <laughs> in, 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 in India it's not a homogenous country so there are cities like women would feel safer in Mumbai for instance mm -hmm. than they would in Delhi 
So there is that difference. I mean, you will find men and women holding hands walking down the street even at 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And that's great, you know. So it's not patriarchy, it's not homogenous. And Kerala is a matriarchal society. And the first person who will own land is the mother and then the daughter. Um, mm. So they are, and they incidentally also have 99% literacy rate. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Nice. Yeah. So they're reading. They're just not reading, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, literacy is the ability to uh, sign your own yeah. name, by the way. Are they getting my book out in India? That's the I don't know. I'm going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's really cool. Yeah, no, we look forward to, to seeing what, uh, what comes out about this. Obviously, you know, your own mental health is, is, is key and right. uh, first issue. But then, of course, after that, you know, if you can turn it into something positive, some good movement, you've done some good things in the past. And and uh, is that are those is that nonprofit? Is that original nonprofit that caused you all, the name, caused you all the problems? Is that still around? No, I actually called the IRS and closed it down. Yeah. Yeah. I shut it down. I don't want to hear that name again. I don't want to have anything to do with this woman yeah. anymore. Well, yeah. It's unfortunate. Very, yeah. And you know what the Times of India said about me? Mm. They said, we hope con women like her are arrested immediately. Me. Wait, they hope that you were arrested. Wow. Me. They said that. This is in their editorial view. This is the press in India. No trial. Mm -hmm. No alleged. We hope con women like her are arrested immediately. Wow. Yeah, that's... uh... Well, and then they're hoping that many women who are doing good are, are being arrested immediately. <laughs> they, actually, they actually said that, oh, you know, Tenaka, so when you're doing so, so good and such good, and be careful do-gooders because people like her can use that good work for their own private gain. That's what they said. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, they can just twist it in any which way. Yeah. Man, that sucks. No. Yeah. You get to meet the president. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's actually an intellectual. I appreciated. Yeah. I really appreciated him. Yeah, he's a good man. Very cool. All right, festival, festival time. Is we gonna do it? Yeah. Festival time. So, uh, folks, uh, this has been uh, wonderful. Uh, this has been uh, Dr. Brian King uh, and Sarah Bollinger. And we're looking forward to your continued journeys and right. healing. And Thank you. And following uh, you. Our guest, uh, our guest in this episode, Vasu Primlani. Uh, do you have a website or something? Yeah, VasuPrimlani.com. VasuPrimlani.com. So if you want to find out more about her, where she's going to be, and uh, whether or not she did actually uh, succeed in her Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, check that out. Anyways, uh, thanks. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for, you for listening. Thank yeah, you. No, thanks for watching. I'm, I'm, I like them, on, <laughs> like them on TV and yeah. listening to it. Thank Spanking you, Vasu. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you guys are technically watching me record this, so there we go. <laughs> thank bye you very bye. much. Bye-bye. Yeah.